Welcome back to episode 38 of the All Up Blitz podcast, powered by the Sideline Sports Network. Today we're going to be going over a college football week three recap, college football top five, NFL week two recap, stars of the week, and a blitz pick standings update. Let's get into it. Yeah, you might notice we're not live right now. This is pre-recorded. We're going to be doing that for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll do two episodes per week still on this YouTube channel. We'll recap the previous weekend's action, and then we'll do another episode where we preview the weekend's action. So stay tuned for the NFL and college football preview later this week. So this is the recap. We're just going to start with college football. I thought the most notable takeaway for me on Saturday was how bad Auburn looked on the field. So, I mean, previously I thought, on, I mean, if you listen to the last podcast, I said I thought Auburn was going to win. I think Penn State was the better. I thought Penn State would be the better team, but that Jordan-Hare magic will come into play. There was no magic whatsoever. It was a beatdown at Jordan-Hare. I mean, Auburn just looked really bad, in my opinion. The offensive line was not good. I mean, they did not block at all for, for the running game they had. 3.3 yards per carry, so not great there in the running game. Quarterback plays subpar. I mean, the, the guy from the transfer portal that they got, Zach Calzada, I mean, he's the third string right now. I don't think he's maybe he's maybe seen a snap at Auburn. I'm not 100% sure. But he hasn't played in a significant moment for Auburn yet, and he's third string. So, I mean, that's just a swing and a mess for Auburn there. And you put Robbie Ashford in, and he's just one-dimensional. You know he's going to run it most of the time. I mean, TJ Finley, he's kind of a statue in the pocket. I mean, there's not a whole lot of quarterback options for Auburn. That's also an issue. The defense, I thought, didn't play very well, especially along the defensive line, the front seven there. I thought Auburn would have the advantage along the front seven against Penn State's offensive line. But Penn State did really good rushing the football. They had 245 total yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Nick Singleton, the true freshman, had 124 of those yards on only 10 carries. So he's a guy to watch out for uh, the rest of the way for Penn State. Looks like they kind of found their running back at uh, in Happy Valley there. But the main takeaway for me was how bad Auburn looked. And also, Tank Bigsby only getting nine carries – might be a fireball offense for Brian Harson, And I have no doubt that the Auburn administration's already kind of starting looking for a new coach. So, Tom, what are your thoughts? Uh, so, I know I said this earlier, but I think this game was more bad on Auburn than good on Penn State. Uh, I think – and then I, Auburn looked like a bottom three, bottom two team in the SEC this year. They'll be lucky to win – more than one game in the SEC this year. Yeah. So, like, they just let another team come in from, I don't know, a thousand miles away and just crap on their carpet. Like, you can't let that happen at Jordan Hare. Penn State emptied out Jordan Hare by the fourth quarter. It was just yes. crazy to see. I want to run through this Auburn schedule real quick, and we're going to kind of dissect it, and we'll predict how many wins they'll get. So they're 2-1 and one right now. And Did you want me to say win or loss for every game? Yeah, All right. I'll say it too. Versus Missouri this Saturday. I'll be generous and say win. I'm going to say a narrow win as well. Yeah. Versus LSU. Loss. I'm going to say a loss as well. At Georgia. Loss. Loss. At Ole Miss. Loss. Loss. Versus Arkansas. Loss. Loss. At Mississippi State. Loss. I do think they pick up a win in one of these, though. 
So I'll just say a win here. It could be against. They're Austin just such Miller a dumpster fire. I think it's going to get worse as the season season goes on. Yeah, versus Texas A and M loss. Versus Western Kentucky, I'll give them a win. Yeah, I guess I could win that. Unless they're really in the crapper at that point in the season. Yeah, and then they're not beaten at Bama. Right. I mean, I had Missouri a narrow win. I said Mississippi State, but I could see another win in there in Western Kentucky. So I have them at five and seven right now, but they could easily go four and eight, three and nine this year. I I'd be pretty surprised to see them in a bowl game. I would be too. So moving on from that, good one for Penn State as well. So they're a team to be reckoned with in the uh Big Ten East there. Uh Friday night, I like what I saw from Florida State. They're three and zero for the first time since like I don't know, like 2017, 2016, somewhere around there. So good win for that for them. I mean, good team or really good teams find a way to win when some of their star players go out. Jordan Travis went out. Uh, Jared Verse went out. Tate Rodemaker came in. Florida State still won there at Louisville. So good win for them. Uh, Michigan rolled UConn. I mean, Georgia they look unstoppable again, beating South Carolina 48 to seven. Brock Bowers is, like, already NFL-ready. I mean, he was NFL-ready last year, but that dude's just a freak. Stetson Bennett had a great great game as well. Uh, Purdue-Syracuse is one of the top games of the day. I mean, Syracuse has been a surprise, I think, this year. They're starting, they've are starting. they started 3-0. Uh, a decent win over Louisville, then a good win over Purdue at home. And, that I mean, that throw to win it, that last-second touchdown, that throw by Garrett Schrader was a great throw to the That was pylon. crazy. Yeah, so... Good win there. I thought Oklahoma looked really good against Nebraska. I know it's Nebraska, but the defense, great pursuit of the football. Need a little bit of work on tackling, but I have no doubt Brent Venables is a great defensive coach. He'll get that right. But Dylan Gabriel, very good quarterback. I think Oklahoma has the pieces to make the playoff. I said that preseason. I mean, they've looked good, really good so far. Uh, Notre Dame, they still look atrocious. No explosivity on offense. They're I'm, bad straight up. Yeah, no, Cal almost Cal almost caught that Hail Mary to end, to uh, send the game into overtime, but just missed. I mean, Notre Dame's leading receiver was a running back, Chris Tyree. I lied. They're two leading their top two receivers against Cal, both running backs, Chris Tyree and uh, Estime there. Uh, so Notre Dame one and two now. First one for Marcus Freeman. Uh, let's see what else? I mean. Oregon rolled BYU. I thought Bo Nix looked really good in that uh, Kenny Dillingham system. Threw for two touchdowns, and he ran He ran for three more, so five total touchdowns for Bo Nix. Solid day uh, for Oregon. I mean, BYU's defense looked uh, looked like they were on the back, their, the, uh, their heels all, all game long. So good win for Oregon. They got a few tough games ahead, so Oregon's a team to watch out for in the Pac-12. It starts at Washington State this week, so that might be a tricky game for the Ducks there. Uh, Shout-out Kansas. They're 3-0. They win it at Houston and won 48-30. That offense is legit, I think. Uh, I mean, late night, the, the uh, evening slate, Washington looked really good. Michael Penix was dicing up the Michigan State secondary. I wasn't expecting Michigan State to look this bad in the past defense. But Washington really exposed them. They're really good this year. Washington significantly improved from last year, and their offense was really bad. They had talent, brought in an offensive-minded coach. I mean, Michael Penix, really good quarterback, can sling the rock around. So he had four passing touchdowns, 397 yards. So good win for Washington. Michigan State needs a rebound against uh, Minnesota this week. Uh, Miami and AM was interesting. 
Max Johnson, the quarterback this week for Texas A&M, as opposed to Haynes King. What he brings instead of Haynes King is ball security. Haynes King, first two games, I think he threw two picks and coughed up the ball, I think three times, uh, three fumbles. So Max Johnson, he's not going to light up the stat sheet. I mean, he didn't against Miami. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's a little, He brings a little bit more mobility than Haynes King. So I think Max Johnson should be the guy from here on out. So solid win for AM, especially good defensive play against a solid Miami team. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke only completed 21 of 41 passes, so they pretty much stalled him out. I mean, some of those incompletions were due to the receivers just dropping passes. So Miami needs to be better on the offensive side there. But 17-9, good win for AM. Uh, USC, I thought, picked up a nice win against Fresno State. That defense forces a lot of turnovers, which is not a hallmark of Lincoln Riley, but they're doing it this year. So good win for USC. Last game I wanted to touch on is Eastern Michigan beating Arizona State 30-21. to And after the game, actually Sunday, Herm Edwards was fired. So now we have two open head coaching positions at Nebraska and Arizona State. Tom, do you have any thoughts from Saturday's action? Um, I said this earlier, I just want to get to conference play. I'm kind of getting tired of these non-conference games, especially the really lopsided ones. But, uh, yeah, I think this week will be an exciting week of college football. Game days in Knoxville. You'll have to yep. see that. It's or be Tennessee. Stadium. Um, oh, Eastern Michigan. Yamoni Bates, former number one recruit, five-star Decommitted from Michigan State, and then he went to Memphis, was average to subpar, especially for a number one recruit. This guy could have gone 1-1 in the draft after his freshman year, but then he transferred to Eastern Michigan, and as of like two days ago, he's in jail. So, so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously not ideal for Eastern Michigan basketball, and he's just hurting his draft stock, so, I mean... How does yeah. this compare? I heard it compared to the Tate Martell situation. I think it's worse. This is worse because, I mean, he has way more potential than Tate Martell ever had, in my opinion. Tate Martell, Tate Martell is just not a good quarterback. He's a good athlete, but he was never an elite quarterback at the college level. It was just because, like, he was so hyped up as an eighth grader. Like, that. Yeah. had he not had all that hype when he was 13 years old, like, I don't – he was all hype. I I think Amoni was kind of the same way, just maybe not to the degree. Like, Tay Martell was always on TV or whatever when he was literally in junior high. So, I mean, I th- I think the Amoni Bates situation's worse. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, how does a guy like that end up at Eastern Michigan of all places? I know that's where he's from, but he could have gone wherever he wanted, and the character concerns came up, the, you know, the personal feuds he had with people. And now obviously he's got this, you know, uh, legal trouble. It's just his, he hasn't even played yet. Right. Uh, Eastern is on Michigan state's schedule this year for basketball. If Amoni plays, he is going to get eaten alive by his own. Yeah. It's going to be loud. It it would be. Yeah. If he plays, it's going to be extremely loud. All right. Last bit of college football here. Want to get into our rankings? Tom, you want to go first? I know yours hasn't changed. Maybe Mine has not them. changed. Georgia's still clear number one, in my opinion. I think they're a step up on Bama. 
Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma. Until one of these teams loses or another team gets a really good win, I don't see my top five changing. Yeah, I have actually the same as you, Tom. I mean, I had Clemson at five last week. I moved up Oklahoma to five. I I mean, I needed to see something against a Power 5 opponent on, on the road as well. They performed 49-14 over Nebraska. I have Oklahoma at five now. Clemson, I still have Clemson at six, so not far off. So going to be a lot of movement in the top five as as uh some some of these big games uh, start to happen. So I have Michigan at four. I mean they rolled right through UConn, no big deal. Ohio State three beat Toledo handily. Alabama at two. I think they played La Monroe. They beat them handily. Georgia on the road to South Carolina. I have them at one, winning forty eight to seven. So not much change in the top five for either of us. So let's get into some NFL. A lot of good games on Sunday, and not so much on Monday, but some major takeaways from week two of the NFL. Guys, take it away. All right, so I think the biggest game, or most exciting game, in my opinion, was Dolphins-Ravens. Tua had far and away the best game of his career, proved a lot of doubters wrong. Uh, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle both had over 30 fantasy points, and I think it was at least in recent NFL history, the largest comeback. The only other game I can think of that a comeback like that was like the Oilers-Bills in the AFC Championship in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, it was a crazy game. I've seen all the stuff on Instagram about why you should apologize to Tua. Uh, that guy got a lot of hate in the offseason and proved a lot of people wrong. And it's not like he did it against some cupcake team. Like, the Ravens are a top team in the NFL. So, Well... Uh, let me ask you this. I know it's early, but uh, do you think this game and this success can be more attributed to the Tyreek experiment that they're trying in Miami, that working, or more of, you know, Tua stepping it up and finally reaching his potential? I think it's more of their coach. What's his name? Mike McDaniels or something like that? I think so. Yeah. He... I think it's a mixture of him, his creativity, and just electric weapons on offense. Like, who's going to cover Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill? They can't even cover them when they were not together. So when the offense is healthy, that's ridiculous. If you can get those guys open for Tua, he can make the plays. He's used to, like, in college, he worked with an electric offense and had those weapons. He's the type of guy that should know how to use guys that can get ridiculously open. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is the first time the Dolphins have proven they're capable of being a top offense, which is insane for the league. That's going to change a lot of people's perspectives on, you know, the outcome of this year. So, yeah, I mean, Tua got it done, did what he was supposed to. Like, if if you're hitting your receivers, that's your job. And this was the best game of his career. I don't want to take anything away for him, from him. But I think it was more of the coaching and the electric playmakers on their offense. Right, which is good. It, you know, it's good to see players in the right situation so they can reach their best potential. Right. You want to address another game? We go. All right, we'll go to the Lions game since you were there. We can talk about that. I was there. I was at the Lions game. The Lions had a completely and utterly dominant first half over the Washington Commanders. That was, that was, man, that was such a great thing to see for me. It was a Washington could not move the ball. A lot of sacks, a lot of, uh, you know, 
run game looked amazing. It was good to see. One thing that I found that I think you may find interesting about that game was a missed call. I don't know if this was shown on red zone, so a lot of people might have missed it, but uh, Washington went for two. Um, it was uh, the ball was bobbled and picked off. And then as the as the corner, I believe it was, was kneeling it uh, about when he was about to stand up from kneeling, someone on the commanders comes and like plows him over. Right. Completely late hit. There's no if, ands or buts about it. It was obviously a late hit. And what happened after that was the most interesting because there was no call on it at all. It was that late to where it seems like the refs weren't even looking. The stadium nearly exploded. Everyone was yelling. And of all people, the ref came up to me and said, what's everybody mad at? I was with the quarterback. And I were like, late hit, late hit. And it showed on the big screen. He saw it. And, um, I don't, I don't recall exactly what time it was, but on 97 won the ticket. They were talking about this uh, and saying how the ref went up to a fan and explained the call. But I would like to point out he was not explaining the call. He was asking what the call should be. It's quite ironic. And also, if you don't know, if uh, listeners don't know, 97 won the ticket. It's a local Detroit sports radio station. So, I mean, yeah, it's quite ironic that the ref is asking the fans what happened. Yeah, that um that did not ease the tension in the stadium at all, I would say. Yeah. It's a, a perk of sitting front row, I would yeah, say. Yeah. I'd say. Any other uh reactions from these week 2 games? Oh, uh, we can talk about the Monday night slate from yesterday real quick. Um so two blow games, an absolute disaster for both the Titans and the Vikings. Both those teams have a lot to figure out. I was Really disappointed with the Titans. I, I can't even, like, put my finger on what's wrong because it just seems like everything is wrong. Offensive play calling is abysmal. It was it was impossible to get anything going. Couldn't stop anything on defense. Defense, I, I don't know if it's more of the Bills are that good because, like, the Titans only allowed, like, 17 points last week, I think, which and the defense looked really good. They only gave up, like, two big plays last week. But then against, like, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, I don't think any defense is stopping that. I mean, they lit up the Rams' defense. Diggs embarrassed Jalen Ramsey last week. So I I think the Bills are unstoppable. We may have seen two teams that are going to the Super Bowl uh, yet last night. So I'm going to transition to the Eagles-Ravens game. Jalen Hurts lit it up. A.J. Brown had a couple nice chunk plays. Darius Slay had multiple interceptions, and the Vikings looked terrible. Could not move the ball. Couldn't get the ball to Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in the league. Maybe the best. And, yeah, so two teams, Vikings and Titans, potential playoff teams with a lot to figure out, and two potential Super Bowl teams, at least from what it looked like yesterday, in the Eagles and Bills. So I think – uh, I think the cities of Philadelphia and Buffalo better mentally prepare for what could happen if those teams make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but uh, panning back to the uh, the Titans game, um, I don't, I I don't fully attribute their abysmal performance uh, to the success of the Bills. The Bills have a, a phenomenal defense and a phenomenal offense, but I don't 
know what the deal with their offense is. They had very little player turnover in offense over the offseason, and yet they went from a one-seed team to, you know, it, it's like they can't get points on the board. I don't, I don't know what happened. Right. So the differences I can see, at least from last year, this year, obviously A.J. Brown, but you replace him with Traylon Burks. You have to be able to get him the ball. Every time he touches the ball, something good happens. I think the main problem is offensive play calling, and obviously Lawan going down against the Bills sucked. Tannehill had no time, which causes poor, poor pass accuracy, turnover, stuff like that. And also the offensive play calling. Get plays where you can get Derrick Henry going vertically with a head of steam, not a toss where he has to run sideline to sideline to get ahead of steam and just loses a bunch of yards. You're the best running backs in the league. I get it. He's coming off injury. He's getting older. He might not be as good as he was. He's still like, look at the guy. He still has a lot in him, you know? So it, it, to me, the offense, it comes back down to play calling. You have a good roster. Use it. You have good weapons. Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. That should be a good receiver combo. Tannehill can throw the ball. Like he has a good record for a reason. They got the one seed last year without their best player for the majority of the year. It's the team is there. It's just everything's got to start clicking. You got to get the offensive play calling down. I think Todd Downing's got to figure it out, but it's not. It's not hopeless. No, it's absolutely not hopeless. It's just I don't know what is occurring to where Derrick Hen- Derrick Henry needs you know four yards or so to pick up of going straight to pick up speed and that's when he can you know fall down for five yards and things like that and i i haven't seen that this year that's once that gets figured out everything else will will fall into place yeah they so when the titans offense was at its peak it was a mix of run and play action they opened up the game with play action last night and it worked really well their first drive they cruised right down the field derrick henry rushing touchdown it was like classic titans football and then they just abandoned the play action. I don't know if it's because the O line couldn't block good enough or what, but it's the, it's almost like it's. I know it's the run is supposed to open up the pass, but I think since the Titans are such a run team, it's almost a pass that opens up the run. Right. You don't. The Titans don't need to convince people that they can run. Everybody's preparing for the run before you know before they even get to town. Right. So I think. The problem with everything started going wrong when couldn't get passes off because Tannehill had no time in the pocket, and then they were just stacking the box against the run, and everything went to crap. So, yeah, a lot to figure out, but season's not over. Right, and just to close this, um, Bills Bills are just spectacular. The Bills are the, have looked like the best team in the league by far. I, I haven't seen They've such a complete— two quality opponents. Right. I haven't seen such a complete and dominant team in a while. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. They had no pro bowlers on their defense last year, but had the number one rated defense. I did not know that till last night, but yeah. All right, let's get into some stars of the week. I'll go first. I'm going App State, the Hail Mary, the Miracle on the Mountains Part 2, beating Troy. They hosted college game day after they beat A&M last week. Luke Combs guest picker. Uh, Lee Corso put on the App State, uh, the Yosef head. Luke Combs said App State by a million, 
and I thought it was Harry for a second. Hey, they all the uh, all the game day guys picked App State, so that's maybe why they it did. got Harry. Maybe why that's maybe why they needed a miracle to win. But shout out App State. I mean, great crowd there. I mean, good win as well. Troy's a solid team. They won thirty two twenty eight after that hail mary. So, I mean, nothing beats college football. I love App State Stadium. I like how the student section is like on the grass hill. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's like the perfect App State's like one of the coolest programs i think in college football just because of the way they built themselves up like they were never an fbs team they won multiple fcs national championships moved up to fbs and now they're finding a lot of success at the uh, top level of the sport so yeah i mean with all this conference shuffling i wouldn't be surprised they hop up play the big dogs more often yeah and they hung with north carolina so and they beat hung, a&m beat a&m hung with north carolina they've almost beat tennessee a few years ago they beat Michigan and I was when they were still FCS yeah Yeah, exactly so So, like they have proven time and time again they can hang and beat the big dogs so yeah I mean they beat what was Coastal Carolina was undefeated last year when they beat them right I think so yeah they were they went on like a last second field goal I believe yeah so yeah next I'll go next uh my star of the week is Joe Flacco I believe he had let me pull it up real quick I think 300 or almost 300 307 passing yards and four touchdowns. Let a comeback win for the Jets. Good for Joe Flacco. He's filling in for Zach Wilson. Uh, We'll see what the Jets do next week because I believe Zach Wilson might be back. But good for Joe Flacco. That guy's taking a lot of crap in his career, getting called. Not, I mean, he's not a lead now, obviously. But the dude won a Super Bowl, got, like, almost no credit for doing it. Uh, He seemed to... Extremely happy to win that game, happy for the guy. And he put up good stats. It's not like he just won. Four touchdowns and 300 yards is legit. So Joe yeah. Flacco gets my star. Yeah, he's he's playing well in a team that you wouldn't expect much from. You know, Super Bowl MVP. Can't can't talk too bad about him. Right. Um, my star is Amon Ross St. Brown. He led the Lions to a win, led the team in rushing yards, believe it or not, uh, receiving yards, and set an NFL record and tied an NFL record. It was great to see a lot of success out of this guy in year two. I think Amonra is the first two-time Star of the Week winner, if my memory serves me correctly. Is that right? Let me guess. I did I, so. did I give him one before? <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he definitely deserved one last year on that Lions win. Right. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. He had nine receptions, 116 yards, receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Not to mention his 68 rushing yards. So, heck of a game for Amon Ra. All right. Blitz picks. There's the rules. Pause them. Read them. But last week or week three, we had a three-way tie for first place. Will, congrats, sir. Tied for first place with College Football Home and Steel Beam SSBU on Twitter. Here are the week two standings. Will, College Football Home, and Steel Beam SSBU all had 10 points. I came right behind with nine. College Capper, seven with seven points. Goaded CO had six points. Stress Gamer Dad had six. And Tom, you had five. Bring it up to the rear. Another banger usual. week. There's a lot of football left. A lot of football left. Here are the season standings. Will's grabbed the lead from me. He's got 35 points. I'm right behind with 34. A lot of other guys with 30, 29. Tom, you're at 24, so a lot of work to do for you. Not last. You need, you need to get in the lab and do do some research, maybe. Nah, I just... 
You just wing it. I just ball, baby. Yeah, so that's it for this episode. Any final comments from last weekend, week three, college football, week two, NFL? Uh, a lot of opportunities for a lot of teams to bounce back. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see you later this week for a little college football week four preview and an NFL week three preview right here on the YouTube channel. Like the video, subscribe.